There's that old saying in baseball that if you eventually hang around, it'll finally go your way. And I mean, I guess the Atlanta Braves in the 90s could argue against that because they only won one World Series in a decade's worth of great play in the National League. Meanwhile, the Yankees, the Yankees, meanwhile, four championships in about a five year span during the 90s, clearly the better team of the decade out of that bunch, and I'm not really a Yankees fan or a Braves fan either as a Philadelphia guy, but... Taking shots at both of our teams on the Foul Ball Area podcast. You know, hey, Bre- Bre- shout out to the Braves. They won the first game of the doubleheader today. Yes. Against well, the Phil. Well, I, I don't know if they're doing the second No, one. no, the second game is in September against okay, the Okay, that's Phillies. what I thought. Better for the Braves, I'm sure, because the Five Phillies will be Five runs in the top of the 10th. I mean, Someone who, who may or may not have had some stake in that game it ended well for me. I'm glad for for you, Trey, it did. For the most part, by the way, if you had Virginia to win the College World Series, it's disappointing. But the way that that series unfolded for Virginia, a couple of close losses, the offensive lineup, especially the heart of the order, with Geloff and Teal and that group, just going silent for the majority of that series, especially when they needed productivity, that's the part that's frustrating for Virginia. But they were in both of those games. And it is a margins thing. And you know, as much as talent has gotten clustered to the SEC, and yes, maybe I'm in the minority here, apparently not the betting market. Uh, but you know, I think it'll be LSU against Florida. I'd love to see Wake Forest. I don't know when they'll have a chance to actually. I disagree with you. You've got Wake winning tonight? Yes. I, hope, I had Wake winning the whole thing. I hope I had you're them right. since the beginning of the tournament. I hope you're right, not just for your own bet's sake and for the Foul Ball Area podcast bragging rights that you get to have Trey because you just transfer those over to the fast lane and it diminishes any modesty you might have. But the real reason is you never know when you're going to get these opportunities. Look, Florida has won two football and two men's basketball championships in my lifetime. They went back-to-back. Obviously, Urban Meyer getting them to a couple of national championships. Steve Spurrier did as well, so I guess you put three in that category. Um, Never mind the 20 arrests in a 16-month span for Urban Meyer. uh, And, no, didn't exactly transfer well to Ohio State. Excuse me, the Ohio State University uh, either. But they won. They've gotten to experience it. LSU Sorry, Father Chris at St. John's, my guy over there. I mean, let's keep it real here. They had Joe Burrow with a national championship, and they've won a couple during my lifetime. They won the one with Les Miles when they were undefeated in regulation, and they won the national championship a few years before that when it was, they hate USC for this at LSU, but they were co-champions with Southern Cal, who obliterated Oklahoma in their bowl game, and of course Nick Saban winning one championship at LSU. Never mind, he's won like seven at Alabama. I say all that to say this. Florida and LSU have had something to get excited about. Heck, if Virginia didn't win the College World Series, which they did in this year, they won one in 2015. The year before that, they made it and lost. They've got the 2019 Men's National Championship. They won a couple of lacrosse championships during my lifetime. At least three uh, and two in this Lars Tiffany era. So they've had success in that and plenty of other sports. Where's Wake Forest had any of this? I mean, look, out of the schools that could win this now, Florida we outlined, LSU we've outlined, Virginia we looked at because they lost, but you know, as, as frustrating as it is for a Virginia fan, taking a bigger picture look, uh, you know, I don't consider if I'm a Virginia fan, Wake Forest my primary rival. I don't either if I'm a Virginia Tech fan, even though for some reason it's UVA, Pitt, and Wake Forest, not UVA, Pitt, and Miami that are Virginia Tech's common football opponents. Leave it to the boutique ACC to screw that scheduling opportunity up and miss the chance for a more marquee game because 
Who knows? Hashtag because ACC, if you want to do that. But Wake Forest just doesn't have any of that. I'd love to see them win tonight. I don't think they will. Trey does. You probably want to listen to his advice because he has the Foul Ball Area podcast. I do not. Coming out Monday, Matt's out of town. Yes. So we'll react to the College World Series. You will. But But if you want to follow us, we'll give our picks there. How about that? In Trey Law VT for his up-to-date analysis. At Foul Ball Area 2 for that podcast. Correct. Trey uh, manning both of those so you can just keep it locked to either one. I say all that to say if you're a Virginia fan, I understand the disappointment that you feel if you're a Virginia fan at what happened in the College World Series. But you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, Trey. You lose 4-3 to three against TCU. And they did a great job documenting this during the broadcast on Sunday, which I listened to on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app because we went up to D.C. to surprise my father-in-law for Father's Day. Bringing the kids up, my wife and I, we all rode up there. Uh, and it was a wonderful time. And of course, on the way back, fire up the old CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, and we're able to listen to the game all the way on our way home. And Virginia, at no point, had an inning where TCU did not get at least one runner on base. No clean pitching innings for Virginia. They lost 4-3, but if you're playing the statistical probability game, Virginia really had a couple of solo home runs that made that game closer than it felt. If you're talking about just more opportunities and coming through more times than that, TCU was the better team on that given day. And in the loss to Florida for Virginia, I mean, that's the one where you feel like you just blew it. You had the lead in the bottom of the eighth inning. You made a little bit of a late reaction, making pitching staff changes to the bullpen. And I I, I can respect the idea of riding it out with your guys. It's worked well for Brian O'Connor in the past. So it's not like this is the worst decision, but it didn't work out for him. And... That's just baseball. If you have a consistent pattern of riding it out with your guys, it's not the analytical approach that is popular so often. But the flip side is it does show faith in your team. Oftentimes, guys do fight their way through this. See the University of Lynchburg baseball team when they were able to power their way through some rough outings for their pitching staff earlier. And by the way, Avery Neves, who had a great year for them transferring up to College of Charleston. More on that in the Fast Five at Five-ish. But for Virginia's baseball season, I don't think there's anything wrong with how it transpired. You would love to have made a deeper run in Omaha. You knew that the pitching staff didn't have that ace at the top of the lineup or the pitching rotation like LSU and Wake Forest have. And they'll be going at it tonight, 640 airtime on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. And you know that bats can go silent and go slumping at inopportune times like the majority of the game against TCU this past Sunday. Trey, it's disappointing for a missed opportunity, but maybe this is also the fact that we've seen Virginia win a national championship. We've seen them before that, the year before, make it to the College World Series final. You get here enough, you have enough opportunities, these things will go your way, and there are going to be years like this where the margins that Virginia has won on previously, you don't win on them. You lose those. Yeah, and Florida's proving that they are a really good baseball team. They're the number two team in the country. They have... Really good depth. Um, I always thought coming in there was three teams and everyone else, and it was Florida, LSU, and Wake Forest. And guess what are the three teams left, Ed? Florida, LSU, and Wake Forest. Um, yeah, in, in those big moments, it seemed like the margins hurt him. Uh, we talked uh, you know, before this tournament even started that pitching is what would get UVA to a final, and ultimately it's what pitching cost him. TCU was able to basically outpitch them in that elimination game. And their bullpen did not close it out against a very good 
very, very good Florida lineup where they essentially kind of just blew it at the end um, in that in that ninth inning for Florida to walk it off. Um, so I, I think in both cases, those both could have been games they won because TCU, UVA was what, 2-0, two, 2-1? Two two um, and I personally think uh, that you, you just ultimately you need if your pitching was there in game one you would have been fine and get that first win um I think it would have been hard to beat Florida again assuming you'd play Florida in that rematch but if you did get that first one you would only have to beat them one more time to get the championship because I always thought Florida was the the team they would have to go through they would have had to beat Florida twice instead of beat TCU twice if that makes sense correct me if I'm wrong but if you think about this Trey most years, you could get a team like an Oral Roberts or a TCU or even a Virginia that's kind of lurking back there. Virginia was not, though, at all this year in the upper echelon of those teams that you just rattled off. The final three that are remaining, you could argue they're the three best teams this year, as you just made the point of earlier. With LSU and the ace pitcher who's going tonight, whose name escapes me, but is going to be a top five Red pick Louder? Uh, no, that's the Wake Forest pitcher. Oh, the um, the- uh, I know you're talking about, but... He's pitching tonight too, and he's yes. he's a top ten pick. So it's you're kind of underselling him. Um, but I know who you're talking about it's uh, not Cruz. Cruz is the uh, Cruz is the Paul lead Cruz. Off, no, man. it's Paul Cruz. Okay, yeah, but 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 you look at those two teams, and the third is Florida. They're the three best teams throughout the year. It doesn't always work out that way, and I think it's what's great about baseball, and frankly, it's what's great about March Madness and college basketball. It doesn't always work out this way. And I've heard the argument out there, oh, we should love college baseball more because the double elimination means you have a better chance of the best team sticking around. I mean, I like the fact that as long as you get some years where maybe you do get a Coastal Carolina, sorry, Liberty fans, we'll atone for that when Richie McKay hopefully still joins us today around 535 in the fast Paul Skeens, sorry. Paul Skeen, yes, the LSU pitcher. Uh, If you get a year like that, or you get runs where a Cinderella team or a dark horse can come out of nowhere and win this thing, as we've seen before in prior years. I think it's great. And yeah, I mean, you could argue Wake Forest, one of the top three teams in the country all year, but they're not a program that historically has had this type of dominance the way LSU has, the way Florida has, the way that a lot of these bigger SEC or even ACC programs at times have been able to do. And that's what makes it really, really neat to see. What's also really, really neat is you can still take your kids to events throughout the summer months thanks to insaneradiodeals.com maybe you want to go to a baseball game in person now they're close to selling out july 4th at lynchburg city stadium for the hillcats july 4th celebration but we've got tickets to the rest of the summer slate tickets general admission or reserved with a 10 dollars food voucher help take care of some of that meal or drink selection you want to get when you go to city stadium just shop at insaneradiodeals.com maybe you think you need to Hop in the pool a little bit? Well, guess what? They've got one. When you sign up at Cross White Athletic Club, you can do pool. You've got access to the weight room, the tennis courts. It's complete athletic club. Individual, couple, and family memberships. They're also at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Speaking of, do you feel like outside you're swimming around in the ocean? Well, guess what? Bring the real ocean to you at Sequest of Lynchburg. We've got day passes and other experiences at InsaneRadioDeals.com. So shop 24-7 at InsaneRadioDeals.com. One of the cool things that happened the last couple of days, the the reality is this deal of Josh Berry 
the NASCAR Xfinity Series driver who has now officially been named as Kevin Harvick's replacement with the Stuart Haas Racing Ford team. I think it's a fantastic story. You've got a driver in his 30s. And this is an era of NASCAR. For better or worse, where it's always, you need to, where there's this mindset of, we must identify the young, talented driver early, and then we're going to be really disappointed if, or in a lot of cases, when he doesn't perform in his first ride because he was a little undercooked making the jump up to the Cup Series, and voila, he ends up finally breaking through on his second or third organization. There's so many examples of that. I love the story of this guy named Josh Berry, which is how we have a chance to get into the weeds. Let's get into the weed. (coughs) Smoke weed every day. Excuse me. Let's get into the weeds where we take a dive into different sports topics here on the Fat Flame. So what's neat about this guy, his name's Josh Berry, if you're not familiar with him because he's running NASCAR's version of AAA. Used to be the Bush Series, now it's the Xfinity Series. And he's won races down at that level. He filled in for Chase Elliott and had that second place run at Richmond when Trey was there. Wanted to impress Trey Lyle, of course, earlier this year. Yeah, that was it. I mean, your your motivation, your presence. He came up to me him. and said, "Hey, I'm in your at your home track, and you're here. I had to get the second place finish for you." Were, were you in Martinsville when he got the Xfinity Series win there? I was not. I oh. was. I was here. I think I was here, like in this building. You were working in this building, and we deprived you of being... I think. I'm trying to remember. Was that 2021? Yes. Right. So, yeah, I had been working here. You you could not take credit for uh, motivating him that time. But you can for this one, so we'll give it to you. Um, The cool story, though, is this guy's in his 30s. He's about a decade past when they start giving these drivers opportunities. I mean, sometimes it works out. Again, I believe at some point it will work out for Ty Gibbs. I know I'm in the tank for him, but he's a really talented driver who is in a great organization and actually has shown a lot of race discipline this year. But for every one of those, there's drivers like a Daniel Suarez or an Eric Jones or the most amazing case you could argue is Joey Logano, who started out and underwhelmed at Joe Gibbs Racing before getting the boot and then rebooting his career with two cup championships at Penske. That's the recipe right now. And it is literally the definition of insanity where it's doing the same thing again and again, hiring the young driver. Now, oftentimes it's because they are very charismatic. They relate well to sponsors. And in case you haven't noticed, NASCAR, they're moving billboards. Money plays a big role, as our guy Kenny Powers would note. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. A central theme in how these deals transpire. But it's really cool to see this because you don't get this very often now. But I thought there was so much perspective, and most of it comes from his boss, Josh Berry's boss, the current one right now at current JR boss. Motorsports. His future boss, of course, Tony Stewart and Stewart Haas Racing, as he, Josh Berry, takes over for Kevin Harvick in the number four. Well, I will say there are rumors that his current boss could also become his future boss with uh, that, that. That could have been an announcement the other day, but it wasn't. No, it was not. Now, never say never of Dale Earnhardt Jr. eventually uh, taking an equity stake in some form or fashion in the Cup Series. I don't rule it out. He's got clearly a very major brand, appeals to sponsors, and would appeal to prospective investors. More on that in the Fast Five at Five-ish momentarily. But I love the perspective of Dale Earnhardt Jr. He referenced his dad, and he referenced Harry Gant. And there's some relatability to Dale Earnhardt Sr. to the Josh Berry-type driving style. 
comes from nothing, scraps his way through, has to work on performance, inevitably looks for the lucky break. Now, will he capitalize the way Dale Sr. did? I mean, that's a really unreasonable expectation because Sr. is one of the goats of NASCAR, along with Richard Petty. You may put Jeff Gordon in there. You absolutely should put Jimmy Johnson in that category. Um, But, you know, seven-time champion, that's really hard to do, especially in this day and age where there are more competitive cars and organizations than there ever were in the Petty or Dale Earnhardt Sr. era. But here's what's cool about it. Senior took a while to get his break. Harry Gant's another one. And Dale Earnhardt Jr., not being the bitter owner, that he loses his driver to a Cup Series team that's in a different manufacturer. Because, of course, Dale Jr. is tied in with Chevy. He leaves, Josh Berry does, to go to a Ford organization with Stuart Haas Racing. And yet, there's some lessons that can be learned beyond that. About having the right perspective when an employee leaves and wanting what's best for them, and yes, understanding that that's actually good for your organization as well. My dad's first full season, one of the greatest race car drivers, arguably one of the greatest race car drivers in NASCAR history. His full, first full year was at 28 years old. Do you know how old Harry Gant was in his first full year? 39. 39. I mean, I could ask you the question before, do you think Harry Gant had a pretty good career? And, I mean, that's an extreme example, but, I mean, you know, we sort, I think things cycle, and we cycled into that. Man, we got to get them young. Got to get them young, young, young. Yep. I mean, he's right. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is correct about that. And yet, the perspective for Dale Earnhardt Jr. Look, if you're a smart business person, I've said this before, that, you know, Trey has grown in his role at the Virginia Talk Radio Network. I want guys that grow. Clip that. That's like the first, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Like actually being nice. Are you you're sick? Looking, well, you're looking at the thing over there. Make the timestamp on it so we Are know when sick? to do it. Are you sick? Are you sick? No, like, no. How many fingers am holding no, up? No, you're, you're holding up three in okay. honor of Dale Earnhardt Sr. Blink blink twice if you're not, if you're, you haven't been kidnapped. If aliens haven't taken you over. Okay, I we're did good. It, I did it three times, the twice blink. Okay, we're good. Uh, are we good? I think so. Okay. Trey's grown in his role at the Virginia Talk Radio Network. That was the vision we had when we brought him on. You know, there were rocky moments, of course, as we all have. I had plenty of mine when I was hopefully growing in my role in this profession. But the gist of what, you know, I have no problem saying this. I, I want people that want to come in here and they're either going to grow with us or they're going to grow and outgrow us to something bigger and better. And either way, I'm fine with it because it means you're putting the best effort forward and you're constantly working to be better and you're willing to to take the criticism and learn. And it doesn't come naturally. No one likes to be criticized, so I'm not pretending that it does. But you've got that mindset. Focused on doing that. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. recognized that with Josh Berry. He's happy for his guy leaving, not bitter, because Berry leaves the Chevrolet camp where Jr.'s got the allegiance and, of course, leaves Dale Earnhardt's team, JR Motorsports, to move up to Cup and a different manufacturer. I mean, this is not leaving JR Motorsports to go to Hendrick, which is basically a promotion within Dale Jr.'s family because of the ties between JR Motorsports and the Xfinity and Hendrick Motorsports in the Cup. It's not that. So there's a lot to be learned about that. Being happy when you have employees, identifying people that want to grow and get better, helping them, and the fact that they're willing to be patient with that. And the path of taking the long road, it's not always glamorous. It doesn't always bring great joy in the initial moments but there's something to be said for focusing on the process i'm not talking about the sam hinky trust the process we're talking about the legitimate one the nick saban style you're focusing on the process what you can do to be the best version of yourself every single day and dale Earnhardt jr recognized that in josh barry and seemed genuinely glad 
that Barry got rewarded with the jump, which may not have ever come, to a full-time Cup Series team. We sort of cycled so young to try to find that talent, but it'll come back, and, and Josh is sort of an, a, a good example of how maybe it might turn back the other direction. Of You don't have to be an 18, 20-year-old uh, you know, rushing through the Xfinity Series. You know, there's, there's, there's guys that can uh, take their time to develop in the truck in the Xfinity Series, get out of there at 24, 25, 26 years old, and start driving cup cars at 27, 28 years old and be great. Sometimes it takes a moment for the opportunity to come. And it's really hard, especially when you see other people that may be younger than you, that may honestly not be as talented as you, but... They've got the right connections, whether it's sponsors, whether it's they just happen to connect with the right decision maker, and voila, they get the opportunity. That's why Ross Chastain, all jokes about his antics aside, has been relatable to others. Now, he's kind of slumped in the last calendar year, um, as you guys at FrontStretch.com have documented uh, your colleagues, Trey. and He hasn't gotten a win is the biggest issue with Ross. Correct. Everyone thinks the Hail Mellon move at Martinsville, but that was actually Christopher Bell who won that race, and it's been over a year since Ross Chastain has gone to victory lane in the Cup Series himself. But there's the relatability element. Blue collar. Took a while to get going. Josh Berry, I think it is easier for people to relate to him because he's kind of under the Dale Jr. umbrella. And uh, while Dale Jr. obviously benefited from his dad, he's shown such an appreciation for drivers that come from that and for the grassroots element to the sport. Uh, and has backed it up with who he's hired for his Xfinity Series team and given them opportunities in the future. And, and all that is worth noting. But it just is a lesson that can also be transferred over to whatever your life is that doesn't always come immediately, but inevitably there could be rewards for that. When we come back in the fast lane, a little more on NASCAR and a little bit more on a couple of players making their changes, commitments or anything else. We'll touch on that. Updating you. Local sports. When we return here in the fast lane, plus 540-ish today, Richie McKay slated to join us in studio.